thanks for joining us again. Back for another episode. Uh, hope everyone's doing okay. Jared, how are you going, mate? Yeah, pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah mate, just playing along usual shit. I'm actually on leave, if you can call it that, I guess. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, good, time to, I, good time to take I've it. I've got a week off, but it hasn't changed anything. No, no. Obviously no no travel plans in that week off, just a, just a quiet week at home. Yeah, quiet week at home. So we'll see how that goes. I'll probably continue to to um, to struggle. But look, tonight's episode is the remake of the 1979 film When a Stranger Calls from 2006. Now, before we get to it, Jared, I just want to quickly cover off on, uh, unfortunately, a death of a uh, an actor that I was a, quite a big fan of. Brian Dennehy, unfortunately, passed mm. last week. Yes. If you don't know who Brian Dennehy is, he is most well-known for, to us as Sheriff Teasel from First Blood. He was the bastard who wouldn't let Rambo get a sandwich. <laughs> in, in hope. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he, Rambo's only looking for a ham on rye, mate, with a side of fries. Yeah, fuck. Next thing you know, he's fucking fighting blokes in the bloody bushes. Give him, just give him a slice of bread and butter at the very least and send him on his way and everyone's happy. Yeah, you didn't need to try and blow him up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Dennehy had a very, very big career. It's a few other little, a uh, few other films he was involved in. Silverado is in FX with Brian Brown. I believe he did a uh, voice in Ratatouille. He was in Cocoon. And uh, he was also in um, Chris Farley. Uh, film Tommy Boy, mm. just to name a few of his 180 screen credits. I saw one of the uh, one of the uh, so, articles kind of eulogising him lead off with Tommy Boy. I thought that was slightly unfair on the bloke, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> given his body of work. Yeah, look, he was versatile, Brian. He was, um, he was an excellent actor. Um, he's someone that you can always rely on. You know, you always knew you were going to get a good performance out of the bloke, so... It's uh, quite sad to hear that he's gone. Even when he was required to drop lines like, you know, the forehead's the hardest part of the body and all that sort of that sort of business. Oh, um, mate, that's one of his greats, so. though. <laughs> I mean, that is the real gladiator. Is that not correct? Yeah, 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 gladiator. That's all right. Yeah, we're talking about, yeah, not the Russell Crowe version, but the Cuba Goody Jr. boxing version. Mm, yep. Well, I haven't seen it in a while, but I believe he finishes it up in the ring. Yes, he does. He gets in the ring with the young bloke. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. We'll have to suss that out. It's 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 ripe to be on this, this particular podcast, I think. Mm. Better look it up. All right, Jared. Well look, let's let's take a break. And here's the trailer for 2006's When a Stranger Calls. I could have at least driven myself, Dad. And I want you driving home alone this far so late at night. Wow. You must be Jill. You were so thrilled to find a babysitter at the last minute. Just make yourself at home. Not be used with the number. 
things what mac and me classic mate absolute classic forget et <laughs> it's produced by john davis who produced i robot wick godfrey who produced alien versus predator and ken limberger who produced all the king's men it stars camilla bell as jill johnson katie cassidy as tiffany tessa thompson as scarlet and brian garrity as bobby Budget was fifteen million dollars, and the box office worldwide was actually a tidy sixty-seven. So it made a decent amount of money. Mm. The uh, production company Screen Gems had actually greenlit a sequel, rumored to be titled "When a Stranger Returns," in which Hayden Panettiere was to play the babysitter, but they later cancelled it. When a stranger returns. Yes. Surely you would call so it. Well, surely you would call it when a stranger calls back or something like that. <laughs> I guess when you make money, Jared, you think about making a sequel. Yeah, I'm not laughing at the sequel. I'm, I'm laughing at that you've got when a stranger calls. Like it's just a natural leading, isn't it? When a stranger calls back, not when a stranger returns. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would think that the phone was still going to be part of the repertoire. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe he just you know, communicates in person this time. I don't know. <laughs> he stands at the window. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he posts um, letters or something. Who com- knows? Would you compare this this uh, possible sequel name to things like Eggs at the Dragon and those type of, <laughs> yeah, those type of films? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Eggs at the Dragon, Eggs at the Dragon. Well, actually, when, a, when a stranger calls back is more along that track, but I'd still go for it. <laughs> And I believe there was a sequel, yes. It was called When a Stranger Calls Back to the original one. Oh, well, there you go. There's some there's some bright sparks that were working on that one, I can tell you. It was a TV movie. My point stands. Right. I'm going <laughs> to go into my thoughts on this. Look, it's it takes what's what I would consider to be a genuinely creepy premise you know, a babysitter being sort of harassed by someone ringing up and, and, and it turns out the killer's, spoiler alert, in the house. But this is just stomped all over by shit-ass acting, 
poor scripting. I mean, there's zero character development. There's no scares. Like, it's it's kind of boring for a large portion of it. Um, there are little moments that shine. The finale actually turns out to be okay once it finally gets going. Um, but I also think that the whole premise is stretched so thin to even reach 80 minutes. I mean, I think it, it it's about 83 minutes total, and there's a lot of guff in there too. So overall, it's a pretty poor uh, remake, and I gave it one and a half. Yeah. Um, What's your take, mate? Join- I'm going to join you there, one and a half. Um, I think, I mean, I haven't seen the original, but any any um, anyone that's kind of got a, an interest in horror and delves kind of deep enough, it gets brought up over and over as as that first, you know, 20-odd minutes of the, the original as being sort of classic stuff. Um and just, you know, getting the idea and the rundown of it, it is a, a solid premise. It just takes, like, kind of urban legend sort of setup and um, and puts it in into a film. I think they doomed this one by, as you said, making the, the, the call to stretch it out to 90 minutes. Like, it just doesn't feel 90 minutes. Or if you want it to feel 90 minutes, it's got to be a pretty fucking tightly written bit of work um, if we're going to be spending our entire time with one person, they've got to be doing a hell of an acting job and have a lot of good material to work with. And you didn't have you didn't have it here. Um, so I feel like, yeah, they were doomed from the get go if they were going to make that, that decision to stick with what they did. And not only that, but I believe that they were intending for that twist to be. Well, the, you know what we all know now that, as you said, spoilers of of the uh, the killer being in the house. Um, they blew all that in the trailers and stuff anyway, so you didn't even have that to go on. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like a curious choice, but yeah, it's that seems kind of weird because yeah, that's your was, trump card, isn't it? That's right. For the people that weren't aware of it, that's that's the kicker. Um. But yeah, the, the wandering around, the constant phone calls, it just fucking, it's so boring. It is one of the most boring, like for a, for a movie that's whole purpose is to have you kind of on the edge of your seat, like it, it just fails so miserably that, yeah, one and a half, I mean, it's probably lucky to get that, to be honest. Yeah, look, it's 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 kind of... Slightly better than something like Prom Night, the remake of Prom Night, and it suffers from it suffered from a similar problem, a characterless, plotless turd, basically. Um, yeah, I, I would have made a little more. Uh, I would have got an excitement level if Jonathan Sketch had it turned out to be the stranger, of course. But you know, we can't have everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, we can't have everything. He was too busy making Roadhouse too. <laughs> Yep. Look, I feel you can fill 90 minutes of it, but you need to spend a half hour setting up characters and creating an arc and then put her in danger, right? And I've got a, a, a dislike that I just, I'm baffled why they didn't even bother to use it. 
I'm, I'm absolutely mm. baffled. I'll get to it, but it's just it, it, it just makes me scratch my head and go, why did you not spend a bit of time doing this? Yeah, because look, trust all me, that mate. Shit that, all right, look, sorry, I'll, we'll, I'll get ahead. I was going to say, we'll get, let's, like, we'll, let's go with likes, mate. We will get there quickly enough because my likes are pretty thin at this point. I, yeah, look, first thing for me, Lance Henriksen, great voice. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. For that kind of shit. Yep. It's cold, it's menacing, it's creepy. Like, he's got one of those felt voices that works. And every time he rings, um, you can, you, you know, you could feel, if you were in that situation, that you would be sort of, you know, who would be coming out? <laughs> yeah, if he calls up, says, calls. If he calls up and says, hello, can I speak to Dr. whatever his name was, you, yeah, it probably already start, you're already starting to turtle at that point, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'd be going, let, let me just change my underwear and then I'll get him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, um, he's, he's, he's just got that voice that fits this, this stuff perfectly. Yeah, agreed. Now, I remember when I first saw this, I was kind of really not happy with this particular like, and it comes with a it comes with a double edged sword for me. It's got a like and a dislike, but I actually think the house kind of works in the sense that it's quite cavernous. It's got a lot of places you can go. It it sort of it has a bit of presence, and and it has some. It's a place where you could have really rung some some suspenseful stuff out of it if you were anyone other than Simon West. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, look, I wrote that down as well. I think the house was a, the house was a must. Like once he made the decision to to spend almost the entire movie in the house, you really had to go with something like what they went with. So I think that was that was a wise choice as you said, what they managed to get out of it, that's a different story. Exactly, and as I said, I've got a dislike for the house as well. And it comes up; it'll come up a bit later. But look, I actually felt the opening, which was a quick, um, uh, basically the the last murder committed while the fair's going on over the opening credits, was a reasonable way to start. It just well, it opened, gave us a quick sense of what was going on. For me, it's just like it's a fair or a you know a carnival of some sort in a movie. It's almost like you know some stunning scenery to you. I love it. I love a fair in a movie. That'll get, get me a, a liking just about any movie. As soon as show me a couple of corn dogs getting around and some bloody you know like, <laughs> couple of couple of carny games and things like that, and I'm I'm loving it. Um, so yeah, I was happy enough with that. Yeah, <laughs> couple of carny games. Yeah, yep. Love it. Yeah, look, I just felt it worked in a sense that it just set the quick tone. It was done quickly. The whole idea of the girl being stalked um, while the fair's going on, I think it was a nice little juxtaposition between the, the fun atmosphere and the and the, the scares and, and whatever was happening in the house. And it quickly set up basically what was to come. It's always kind of like... And that was okay. Yeah. I think the fair always kind of sets these kind of idyllic sort of locations where everyone knows everyone and it's kind of the hub of the, 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 the town. It usually comes in those kind of smaller town settings and things. So I always kind of like what it brings. Um, it's got some some of those little things sort of just inherently there when you when you decide to chuck it in. So, yeah, 
I think that that worked okay. Yes. Look, it's it's pretty thin on the ground through the guts here. Um, when he actually does ring up and ask her, "Have you checked the children?" I liked it mm. because once again, I could have, I could imagine what you would feel if that was actually done to you. Because Im- immediately be thinking, "Shit," you know. You've got to then go up and check on those children, and basically this this person who's ringing out of nowhere and making these creepy comments is basically saying something could have gone wrong up there. So you're walking into some shit. So I kind of I, I, I felt a little bit of creepiness with regards to a couple of those calls he makes, including yeah. the one where he says to her, "I want to I want to I want your blood all over you. I want your blood all over me." Well, that was that was. Um... That was my only like, really, of the phone calls. Um, that line was the only one that kind of that, that stood out. Um, as you said, the the, the children one is is um, the only other one that sort of brings an element of danger to somebody. Um, and quite frankly, the answer from her is no, I haven't checked on the children. I've been fucking sitting on my ass the whole time, fucking playing with the phone. So, <laughs> um, I, think- and I don't know about you, mate, but I am smashing that. I am hitting that um, fridge hard. Oh, that's the first thing you I, do. I, 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 I saw a lineup of. There. I saw a lineup of. Uh, it could have been a you know, um, sodas, soft drink, whatever it is. It would, I would they, they wouldn't have been there after I'd been in the house for half an hour. I'd have fucking smashed. <laughs> Smash them to start with. Then I'd have been looking for the barbecue shapes. Once I found the barbecue shapes, I said, just give me a minute. I've got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I think um, coke all night. Yeah. That, at that point, um, I, I was convinced that whoever was calling was just a fucking concerned neighbour that was realising, you know, they peered in the window and realised the babysitter wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. So, yeah. Um, but the phone calls from him. I mean, that was that had to be. Well, I'll, I'll hold back on that a little bit, but yeah, the ones you mentioned are, are the only ones that really stood out to me. That, that that your blood all over me line was the only one that gave you kind of a shiver when when it when it dropped. Yeah. Look, I'm gonna. I, I, I've, I seem to have been fairly nice here. The there is at least a minimal amount, of, a small amount. I'm not going to say my heart was beating like a jackhammer because it wasn't. Let's just say it was, it was a high resting, a high <laughs> resting heart rate. Yeah. When she makes the run from the house to the guest house and back, there's a little bit of tension there because the the the, the, the storm is happening. She, they basically shoot a lot of front-on kind of POV stuff, so it's kind of like anything could jump out of anywhere. Um, yeah. You know that she's a runner and all that sort of stuff. So at the very least, there's a little bit, a modicum of tension, Jared. Yeah, I would agree with that. It was, uh, as you said, it was probably a high resting, um, maybe even after I've eaten a bloody Big yeah. Mac as well. Um with the, the blood sluggishly kind of, you know, sluggishly moving around the body at that point. But, um, yeah, it was it was one of the few where, I mean, this this is what you needed. You needed a couple of moments like this to actually to, to introduce something to, to bring the, the drama up because what they were getting from the house just wasn't doing it for the runtime. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's fair enough to bring that one up. Look, 
If I if if I'm gonna say my heart was beating like a jackhammer, it was kind of beating Mr. Burns style jackhammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One. Yeah. One good beat. The Mr. Burns giving you the thrashing of your life um, kind of jackhammer style. There. <laughs> I actually think the reveal of him being in the roof is quite decent. Yeah, I had that one. That was an effective and I do shot. Like the fact that they keep him in shadow the whole time. Like they never really show his face until right at the end. Yeah. Yep. Um and Yeah, that shot in when he's the in the little man. kind of rafters things are um that was really effective actually, the way they shot it over over his shoulder and whatnot. I thought that was one of the um again, one of the few moments yeah. that stood out. Agreed, and I just like the fact that him moving around the um, the atrium, mm. and he, he he's sort of in silhouette almost against the the, the atrium walls. I yep. thought that was a really effective way to shoot him. Um, and my last like the finale actually gets a few things right. You know, it builds a bit of tension. Uh, I. I I didn't mind the old the the grog bottle in the fireplace and then turning it on and all that stuff. And she she at least fights for survival and shows a bit of bit of guts. Yeah, I did. It's a little bit too, too little, too late. I didn't have it in my likes because it was just by that point I was. Um, it was sort of like my feeling was yeah this is all right, but is it only because we were fucking wading through the muck for the previous seventy five minutes? That this has actually kind of raised the interest a little bit, and that's what, that's what I felt like in the end. Um, there was a couple of okay things, yeah, but look, nothing you could probably that I say really that. stood out. Yeah, look, it probably was too. It's too little, too late. I mean, for God's sake, by the time we actually get there, um, I'd almost nod it off. But <laughs> I did. I did once. <laughs> it's, it's effective, I guess. You probably had. <laughs> that's why it's not in your likes. <laughs> you didn't really ever see it. <laughs> Have you got anything else, mate? Um, I've got a couple. Um, number one. Okay, shit. They're not big ones, trust me. Um, I was surprised at the cast. Even though I hesitate to give the acting a like. I mean, fuck, Clark Gregg, Tessa Thompson, Tommy Flanagan, um, as you yeah. mentioned, Lance Henriksen, like there's there's some decent actors in in the piece. I'm sure Tessa Thompson looks back extremely fondly on this one, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just that was one of the few things that I kind of because I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I before we jumped in, I didn't do the normal kind of rundown on IMDb or anything like that. I just jumped straight into it. It was kind of a a, a little surprise to see some of those people. So. I, um, maybe not a like, but worthy of a mention that there are some decent people that got a start or a, or an early role in this one. Yeah, and I've forgotten about Tessa Thompson entirely. Yeah, same, totally. It's always good to see her, but it's obviously um, nothing. It's role. very early in her career. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also liked the birds. Seeing the birds in the house to let you know that he's back in there. It comes with a a yeah. very large dislike. Um, but I thought the fact that we'd seen that, you know, they had the, the birds in the in the little atrium thing that you were talking about, and then she walks into the room and there's the, the birds are just kind of perched around. 
thought that was a nifty little way to yeah. um, to get around, you know, showing that he was back in there. And given that the sort of lack of imagination or origin- originality around some of the things they did, that one kind of surprised me a little bit. So that was yeah. I'd, I'd say that's fair enough. I think I think that the overall the atrium gets used reasonably well. Yeah, um, using the whole the birds, the um, the mist filling it out so you can't see um, the whole thing where she's in the water underneath the um, the little deck. I mean, you would have to be fucking blind not to see her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was effective. Yeah. Um, the last one I had was not really a like for the movie per se, but I did get a laugh out of the fact that um, even though it felt like when I was going back to watch this movie that it was recent, you know, recent enough that it wouldn't kind of show its age, but oh man, fucking 10 minutes in, she's in trouble for going over her phone minutes restriction. <laughs> And I, I, I burst out <laughs> laughing. I was like, I mean, currently, if this, if that movie was set now and your dad's going on about a minutes restriction, you, you're firing back at the bloke. You're saying, well, fuck, I mean, who doesn't have a plan with fucking unlimited minutes, Dad, you fucking idiot? This is your fault. <laughs> but you're on a minutes restriction. That's fucking highway robbery. You need to renegotiate. But yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. Did it looked so dated in that regard, even though it's not that that long ago. Yeah, and there's there's a big dislike to all of that for me. And yeah. um, have you got anything else in the likes? No, that was it. I mean, I was for that one. I was laughing. I, I was kind of waiting for them to get in an argument over how much that you know, um, you didn't send your text messages during our fucking ten cents per per message. You know, couple of hours in the evening, you should have been sending them then. Right? <laughs> Back in, back to those days. Yeah, you sent your messages at the wrong time. That's it. No car. No car for a month. He's, he's, he's strong army. Those tactics are ridiculous. There's no car oh, for a shit. week. Lucky. Yep. Jesus. That's, 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 that's it for me. Greg. Oh, listen, mate. Clark's, Clark's mobile plan is... Clark's on the same mobile plan that your old man and my old man are probably still on. They're probably still, you know, trumpeting how they get fucking, you know, 500 minutes for the month or something stupid like that. Yeah, well, my old man, just off the top of he rang me on my FaceTime accidentally the other day. We had a conversation when I saw the underside of his chin for a large portion of the combo and then the inside of his pocket. <laughs> Chris. Oh, oh one of the shit. best conversations I've Maybe ever had. Maybe he would have gobbled up a good portion of his minutes right there. Yeah, oh, the, 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 well, well, the conversation cut out <laughs> <laughs> after two minutes. Excellent. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's, right. that, that was it for me. Dislikes, mate. Let's get into them. Oh, uh, look. Camilla Bell is pretty bad in the the lead role. And, look, I don't want to shit all over her because, quite frankly, the script is garbage and she's given absolutely nothing to work with. Yeah. Like, there is nothing in that character. Yep. At all. But, unfortunately, and, look, she's, she's fairly, I believe she's quite young here. I think she's about 20 or something like that. 
so she would, and she, you know, she wouldn't have had a big resume prior to that. So a bit of inexperience is probably in play, but she just never looks suitably scared. Yeah. I mean, if someone's ringing me up and telling me, <laughs> have I checked the children, and they'd like to ha- um, have my blood all over them, I am shitty bricks. I like yeah, shitty absolutely. bricks. I mean, I, I noted it um, after I that am, line when that when she hears that line, um, her reaction is less terror and more. Someone's dropped their guts in the vicinity. That like <laughs> it was just <laughs> there was no there was no sense of terror there. To be honest, she just kind of screws her nose up and goes. Oh, <laughs> man, look, don't get me wrong. I've been around some people when they drop their guts. There was terror involved. <laughs> I, I felt terror. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> but usually it's wild noise. <laughs> uh, yeah, she. It, it, I, um, I would agree. She, just, yeah, she never, doesn't. She just never gives across this vibe. No, and uh, you're right. Like for me, the the added dislike to that is is she never gets anything to do other than have meaningless conversations with just awful characters, or. Call someone else and get a message or or a bad reception. Like yeah. the amount of times she calls someone, and I, I was just like, "Fuck, can we can we get off the phone for a minute because it's not working? Like, try something else." Um, but you're right; yeah. it's a combination of those two things. She just doesn't get, and that's kind of what we were saying. Like, in a sense, a movie like this shares shares with something like Buried. Because even though she's not in a coffin, she's she's um, she has no one to kind of communicate with for long stretches. Um, and when she is communicating, yeah, it's with somebody on the phone, and that stuff's got to be good. Yeah, and this is why I'm saying I don't want to crap all over her specifically because I just don't think that, like any actor, even with a large amount of experience would have looked at this script and said, well, what do I do with this? Yeah. What do I do with it? Because I have nothing to do. Um, and, look, the, the, the thing I will shit all over about here is that the previous film or, or, or the year before, she'd actually done a movie with Daniel Day-Lewis. Now, surely at some point he went, hang on a second, cut, cut. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Are you are you doing giving me anything? So it just feels like kind of like she maybe wasn't quite up to scratch for this. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. Could convey that they were afraid. I think it shares. Yeah, I think it shares. I mean, the acting and the writing share share the blame, really. Yeah, exactly. Because she's got nothing to work with. Hmm. Um. This is the bit that I was talking about that it baffles me why they why they didn't go with any of this. You want to stretch to ninety minutes? Why is she not interacting with the children for a portion to showcase a she's a good babysitter, b she's got her head screwed on straight, c she's capable, she's got a good relationship with the kids, and d when the shit hits the fan, she's willing to fight to protect them. Like, what the fuck? Like, why? Why would you have cut that out or not even bothered to have that? 
Yeah, you're right because, I mean. That feels half an hour. Well, that's right. At least you get her in the house talking to somebody other than those fucking phone calls. Like, it, it was. Yes. Um, and. Yeah, and it gives her a chance to. I mean, it gives you a chance to show some about her character. And, um, I mean, it didn't have to be much, but we didn't fucking get any of it here. So um, I would agree. I'm not sure why they chose to, especially, like, as you said, when you've chosen to take. And you've chosen to take that twenty minutes of the original film and stretch it out to ninety. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of it's got to be tight. Like the writing has to be to to be tight to spend that whole movie in that house and make it interesting. And it, um, yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I think there's there was definitely scope to keep them in there for sure. And you could have built a relationship with the kids, which a might have actually loosened her up a bit. And in the acting stakes, like you've got something to work off, you you can strike off someone. Kids are always good because they're relaxed, they're very um, they're very um, natural in the way they they perform. A lot of them, so it could have loosened her up and given them some um, some breathing room to, to do a little bit more of the character. And it would have you could have still created some tension around that. The potential that, you know, oh, there's a door open somewhere or one of the kids says he saw something in the yard or something like that. Yeah, I think... You um, could have used that to your advantage. It also comes back to... Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I think it also comes back to, like, they spend sort of... They spend so much time walking around the house with some music in the background that they think is is going to ramp up the tension, that it it um, inadvertently kind of kills any little bit of tension that they would have got as well. So if you have something like the kids there to break that up slightly, it just makes that stuff more effective as well, just by not having to have these yeah. little, little bits of wandering around the house with some tense music in the background, like, that got so overdone that, that you were just kind of – every time she was doing that, you were just like, speed it up. We know nothing's going to happen here. Let's just get through it. Um, so even just by having having yeah, someone else to cut also, into that, it would have, would have worked. Yeah, and it could also, Jared, have worked to kind of have a little bit of a – a two a two sided thing. Here's the fun, and and you don't feel the danger or the or the menace. You know it's there somewhere in the background, and we we will allude to it early on for that for that first forty minutes when she's hanging out with the kids and 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 playing games and enjoying herself. And then when they go to bed, we switch we switch to phone calls. We do all that then. Yeah, it, it, it just it it makes great sense. I'm not really sure why. They chose to have. I mean, wouldn't you just pay Rosa, the housekeeper, to sit around all night if that's all you need? Well, you just exactly. need an adult in <laughs> exactly. the house, don't you? Yeah. So why do you have a babysitter? Why are you paying her twenty five bucks an hour? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, they've obviously got plenty of money, so they're just fucking throwing it around. They're throwing it, throwing everyone a bone here. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's. Yeah, um, like it, to me, it sort of feels like you just pay the housekeeper to hang around for a few extra hours. Yeah, well, given she doesn't the, have to do anything, she doesn't have to look after the kids, she doesn't have to entertain them. They didn't they say she was living as well? Did they? 
I'm sure they I said... They were talking about his son. He lived on the premises. No, they talked about him in the guest house, but they said if you hear... I'm positive they referred to her. They said if you hear someone walking around, it's our live-in. Right. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. So, right, okay. Well, maybe that's and what they, they did to say, because that sort of takes away one of my dislikes. But she, but oh, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. Um, I also, I mean, you've sort of mentioned it, but obviously we've mentioned it, the, the, the characters in general and the dialogue are just so straight down the line that there's just no personality to anybody. Um, but I feel like it was this double-edged sword of you chose to spend all the time in the house and the writing wasn't tight enough to to um, to sustain that, but then you also didn't start the phone calls from him until quite late, and they're very light on. Um, like the, the, the amount of minutes that they take up on the phone calls with him are very, very small. Um, so I felt like yeah, if you're going to calls. be in the house, you needed to you needed to spend a bit more time on the phone with him. So by staying in the house the whole time and then by not spending the time on the phone with him, I felt like they just they were two big problems that they, they messed up with the, the premise there. Yeah, they never got any mileage out of either of them. No. Um, the, the problem that I had too, and, and people would might argue this with me, all that stuff about, oh, my boyfriend kissed my friend and all that, it's, yes, I know it's high school, but fuck, it's so generic. Like what and what bearing does it have on anything in it's the not, entire movie? It's not yeah. So what's the point of it? It's not only generic, but it's not it's poorly done. Like yeah. Katie Cassidy's character And is, the only reason it exists is to say oh she went over a minute. Katie Cassidy's character seems is, to be a, is a dislike in in itself for mine. She's just the worst. Like she just spouts nonsense. Yeah, and she's only there for like five minutes. She doesn't advance anything in the plot. She just turns up to be knocked over. Um, when she is killed, it is just an exercise in how not to not to do that. I mean, she drops the keys. She fumbles around <laughs> under the car. She gets in the car. The car won't start. And then we choose not to. We choose to do like a bloodless killing to go for the PG-13 rating. So there was no kind of tension or, or scares in how, how that happened. It was fucking dreadful. Like, I, I just could not <laughs> wait for her to be off the screen. It was, it was so bad. Yeah. And all that stuff, it just felt so sort of generic and so sort of, we've seen all this before. Mm. It has no bearing on the plot. Yeah. Again, put Jill with the kids and steer away from that bullshit. And I'll tell you why. Because show us that, that Jill Jill went to babysit because she she wanted to. She she's babysat those kids many times. She likes them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what were her babysitting credentials? I don't know. <laughs> like, has she got proper credentials here? I mean, Christ. All right. There is not one leak of suspense. I mean, they produce what I would call cheap scares that are just so weak across the board. 
yeah. everything from the cat leaping out of the bloody bushes and to the to every alarm blaring and all these stupid things. Mate, they the fucking cat. Like, oh. We got the cat twice. Lights coming on and off. We got two two uh, moments from the cat. Two little jump scares. It was it was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, as you said, they, they were just the cheapest of the cheap. Yeah, it just felt like there was no real effort put into any of that. And this is where my dislike comes in with regards to the house. It feels like the, the, the writing, writers, producers and director have all sort of sat around a round table and gone, yeah, we really aren't up to this. So what we need to do is have this magnificently huge house with all these gadgets so we can run these set pieces that'll be kind of cool, you know, the lights going on and off and all that. And I think to myself, mm. this is what happens when you make movies when you've got people who don't know anything about suspense. Right? Well, the funny uh, thing John was, Carpenter the funny thing was, I believe Simon suspenseful film. Yeah, go on. John Carpenter made an extremely suspenseful film using the, the, an average everyday street. Right? That's how you do it. And I'm not saying Simon West is ever going to be John Carpenter, but it felt like the house was being used as a way to create suspense that wasn't there. Yeah, I think, I mean, the funny thing is that um, apparently, according to IMDb, um, Simon West convinced the lead to be in the movie by telling her it wasn't going to be a cheap slasher and that it was going to be a suspense thriller. And it, it uh, yeah, where's, I, I'm not sure, I'd like, I'd like a, um, I'd like a roadmap from Simon to direct me where the suspense is in, in the film, to be honest. Exactly, mate. It just feels like the house was being used to kind of create suspense and tension that wasn't on the page or it wasn't really in the directorial handbook. So the house gets used instead. And it, it probably didn't even work very well there either. No, and it... It, um, they didn't use some of the things as effectively. Like when she's walking around the house and you're seeing the lights turn on and off, or you're thinking, okay, well, this might be something that they can use to, to, to get a cool-looking scene out of. And they did, but they used it with the fucking cat. So, <laughs> like, it just it constantly yeah. just disappointed in, in those. That was aspects. shit, too, because that was a real fake out. Yeah, yeah. It was working well with him coming out down the stairs and everything, I'm thinking, this is great. And then out comes the cat. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God. I mean, even if it had have been him, you could have used that in a way as like, you know, that they were under the hammer. Um, instead of instead of seeing him kind of walk around in the shadows, that was that was an effective way of showing that yeah, he's he's coming. Like um yeah, it, it was it was annoying that they, they went the fake out route with that one. Yeah. You, you summed it up before. Her time in the house is hugely boring. Like, yeah. she does nothing. No. She does nothing. She wanders around. Absolutely nothing. She doesn't even eat. She doesn't watch TV. She doesn't do anything. She ends up, I can't remember how many times she makes a, um, she makes a, f- no, I, I can't remember how many times she makes a phone call to someone and you get a message or she calls the restaurant, no, yeah, the doctor's already left. or And none of it kind of moves to anything else. 
Like it's only it's only a couple of times yeah. she gets a call back, and that call is just fucking pointless anyway. At one point, she calls Tessa Thompson, and the service cuts out, and we never hear from Tessa Thompson again. So why? What? Like what? What was the point? In the end, I hate to yeah, say it because she's probably at one point. Yeah, I mean Tessa Thompson's probably one of the better actors in the whole whole piece in terms of you know where she's gone beyond this, but her character didn't even need to be there. No, and. There's a whole conversation with the boyfriend and then there's a prank call. I mean, fuck, it's 2006. Who's making prank calls? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> that, prank- that, that just felt so kind of like we need to have a fun call here. Yeah, it was filling time. That prank call, I mean, that got its own dislike for me. I was just like, I mean, fuck, how easily pleased are you, blokes? We, we get on the phone. And we we give her we give him a hey what are you wearing I mean shit have you watched The Simpsons you can probably get a few even you know if you're going to be as as unimaginative and unoriginal as that you may as well just say you know it's pinch have have I got a huge ass anywhere here <laughs> like it's just it's just <laughs> I mean, those guys were they're far too easily pleased for my liking I would have liked a little bit of effort into that prank call. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm laughing about a huge ass. <laughs> if I got a prank call asking for a Mr. Huge ass, I would be in stitches. Yeah, well, I probably would be too. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, whoever was making the call, they weren't requiring a, a hell of a lot to get themselves going in the in the entertainment stakes. I mean, guys, you're at a bonfire. You're on the piss. Just don't make the call. <laughs> Surely yeah, someone's going, if the- are you pretty cool with her? Nah, let's stop. <laughs> yeah, Although yeah, I guess you were the, on the piss, the, so uh, possibility that <laughs> those things get out of hand. If 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 the senses are as impaired as they sound on the phone, let's 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 leave this till later, fellas. It's just not going to work tonight. Um, I also I just got so so sick of the way that every call, no, it didn't seem to matter who it was from, started with that five seconds of static and no response from from the person at the other end. Um. And I get yeah. that they were trying to say, you know, everyone's on a mobile, the reception's bad. But everybody, like everybody just, it just started with that and then, you know, not nothing being said. So she, like, it, it was just, it was just another cheap tactic that just became frustrating. Yeah. It was kind of like supposed to build some kind of like uh, ramp up a little bit of the whole idea that who could it be him or is it someone else? You know, and they pull that a couple of times and it's just so stupid. Like, it's like, oh, God. Yeah, it's shocking. Just, just get to hearing her. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of my big problems, and, and there was, there's, a, there's a point where um, after killing uh, Katie Cassidy's character, he calls her on her mobile. Yeah. Which initially I thought, that's not a bad idea, you know, like it, it means that, you know, now we're putting her in two minds, where is she? But why does it come up on the doctor's call, I call her ID? Why does her name come up? I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's something that happens in America, but it seems to be that her mobile comes up saying her name. 
Yeah, so I, what I took out of that was that it wasn't necessarily her phone number coming up as being in his phone, that it was like a more of a caller ID sort of registry kind of situation. But, yeah, it seemed a little strange, to be honest. Yeah, all right. I just I just thought it was caller ID. It seemed like caller mm. ID. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't all that clear. It doesn't really explain it. I guess maybe in the United States it's easier to understand. But I guess we don't really have that type of stuff, so mm. I don't know. Just kind of, um, it just seemed a bit weird for me. Yeah, that's yep. all. All right. Um, when things sort of ramp up, like yeah, you know, when, when it really gets pretty serious, and she's obviously supposed to be scared. Mm. I mean, she looks barely put out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, barely. <laughs> just, I would be shitting bricks. Yeah, I don't absolutely. Know about you, but I am running around the house. I'm pacing back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, mate. Well, when she gets the the call with the the line about the blood all over her, I mean, I've seen more horror on your face. Um, after I've downed three or four pieces of KFC, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's uh, that's that's a more horrifying experience. Mate, let me tell you something. Back when we used to record in this room here, the four of us. And you bikes would come in with a dirty, great bloody takeaway meal. It was more than fucking horror. I had to put up. <laughs> I tell you, quite frankly, I thought I was going to die in here a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen that on your face, and I, I can tell you I didn't see it on hers, so. <laughs> no, no. No, and look, she kind of looks mildly put out mm. and mildly disgusted, and yeah. that's really it. Yep. And again, I don't want to harp on sort of hanging shit on her because I think ultimately she gets hung out to dry by a shit script and yeah. pretty pretty average direction. Yep. But, you know, I need to see some fear. Uh, that's what sells these moments. I mean, you've only got to look as far as Scream to see how well Drew Barrymore does it in, in the start of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it was. You understand a, that she is. As, I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat as you. Like I don't want to give her too much stick because the material wasn't all that strong. Um, but we've we've kind of already mentioned that it was probably a combo of you know the acting and and other parts as well. Um, and this is sort of where she drops drops the ball a little bit. I feel is that she doesn't she doesn't look she doesn't look scared at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm running around the house. I'm jamming bloody couches in front of doors and <laughs> all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Mate, fuck the kids. I'm out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm jumping ship. Yeah, yeah. I clocked out an hour early because there was a scary phone call. So, <laughs> so the kids will uh, yeah, be right until you get up. Yeah, I've been ringing their mobiles. Look, uh, just to let you know, I've had to leave early, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The kids are all right. (laughs) They're in bed. Yeah. I tucked the the blankets up a little higher. They'll be fine. Yeah. And what I told them is if a scary man comes in, just go under the covers. You should be safe. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be right. (laughs) I mean, we've talked about running three-minute Ks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, this is a three-minute K. Oh, absolutely. And look. I don't know, but early in the scene, obviously they've cut it a bit short, but she looks like she's running at least, you know, she's not running the 100. It looks like possibly a 200. So she can stretch out for at least one. 
She can knock up a really quick first K. <laughs> oh, she's she's got runner's pedigree. Yeah, she's good. So she can she can bust out, mate. She can get out of there quick. Yeah. Yep. So it just it I, I, it, it it's a huge fault that the film has because you have to sell that there's a fear here. Yeah, and absolutely. If the actor playing the main role can't, isn't selling fear, then there's no fear for the audience. Yeah, and I think you've got to do something like, um, and, you know, again, we're going back to that it's possibly not the right people to handle the material, but there's, there's numerous examples of, of directors who've used little tricks to scare the crap out of the actors if they aren't getting the the, the um, results they want. You know, they're, they're doing something different to what they said or, you know, it's, it's happened in a bunch of movies where an actor gets a, a realistic kind of reaction and it's down to what something, something that the director did or, or one of their co-stars did or something like that. Yeah. Not I mean, that she had any William co-stars. Breakin when you need him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slapping priests and firing shotguns next to my yeah, head. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or Johnny yeah, Tiernan, you know, on, dropping Alan Rickman before he said he was going to drop him. I mean, he, he <laughs> oh, legitimately looks like he, but he soiled himself on that on that shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like little tricks. I mean, admittedly, this is a kind of paint by numbers film, so I don't think a lot of effort would have been put into that and and that kind of comes back to kind of what I said before about the house being a used as a way to try and generate something Mm. because there's nothing in the script that indicates any suspense. Yeah. I would would agree. I would agree. All right. When she gets over to the guest house, now I said before that the guest house bit where she runs to and from the guest house has actually got a little bit of, you know, mildly over-resting heart rate tension. Yes. But you get to the guest house and you get a call from him. Put two and two together, dummy. I mean, he's... (laughs) Well, the fucking guest house number is on the the board inside the house, right? In the main house. Now, if this guy's just a, 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 a sicko who rings up to, you know, breathe heavily down the phone, yeah. he's not going to have the guest house number. He's going to have plucked this number out of his ass. And so didn't, you mention, didn't you mention that a light comes on in the house too? Yeah, yeah, a light comes on in the house. It's not Rosa. Rosa's <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Rosa's either knocked off and gone home yeah. or she's in trouble. I mean, shit, what, what are we paying Rosa for? She's a live-in and she's not living in. <laughs> yeah, but see, that shit was confusing. <laughs> I, know they said, I know they said Rosa was going to visit her mum, so why do you bother? I mean, don't even say Rosa's a live-in. Like, they, yeah. they, they, had it, they, they wanted to have it both ways. They said, oh, Rosa's a live-in, but she's going to visit her mum. Um, but if you hear footsteps, it's probably Rosa. No, it's not. Rose has gone to visit <laughs> Mum. Well, actually, she didn't go to visit Mum. <laughs> Unless Mum's on the way out too, Rosa might see her on the other side. <laughs> yeah, 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 look. See, I didn't think about that, Jared. Yeah. Again, that that is just a classic example of not 
knowing what you are trying to accomplish. You you are trying to use Rosa as kind of this red herring or, mm. you know, it could be Rosa, it couldn't, you know, audiences on, on the edge of their seat. I mean, for me, you- for me, you don't, for me, you don't even say Rosa might go out. You just say Rosa's the living, okay? And then we get a few times when she thinks Rosa's there or whatever and she's not, she doesn't get a response. And then, you know, when two-thirds of the way through the film or whatever, when you find out that it's he's in the house, you've sort of, maybe you go a little bit, well, maybe she finds Rosa after that and you realise it was him all along or something like that because that seemed like what you were trying to go with, um, this, this kind of misdirection of whether it's Rosa and whether it's not. And sometimes, most of the times early, it was Rosa. Um, but by saying that she might not be there but then saying she's a live-in so you might hear her, it, it's... It's just a cheapy. It's another cheap, cheap tactic. I feel like. Yeah, I, I would. I would totally agree. Um, you've got. There's no reason to say that she's ever left. It's better to say she's living. That means that there's possibly some form of help. But the double-edged sword of that is, why not? Perhaps get rid of Rosa and make mm. this one-on-one. You know, there there is, you know, there is no help coming. Yeah. It's too far away and it's you against him. Well, I get get why Rosa was there. Kind of having Rosa partially in the background then gives it possible help, but then we say she left. Like, it's just really muddled. It is, it is. But, like, I get why they had her there and I I think they probably could have worked a little bit of tension out of that somehow, but the, the whole... Like as you said, it was just confusing. She'll be here, but she might not be here. <laughs> oh, look, if someone rings the the guest house and starts panning down the phone at you, don't worry, it's just Rosa. <laughs> yeah, Rosa likes to do that for shits and giggles. Sometimes she gets bored up in <laughs> up in her little unit up top yeah, with that one. She's a bloody or something. <laughs> she's into doing all sorts of strange shit. <laughs> <laughs> Expect a call when you're at the guest house. Like, oh, Jesus only Christ. an idiot thinks it's Rosa. Yeah. Like, well, as you said, once the call comes from the guest this house, guy and it's is, him, is stalking you. Yeah. He's once it's outside once, the house or he's in it. Once you hear it's him on the guest house phone, you, you're right. You know what's going on. Yeah. But the film tries to sort of hold that back. Unless they unless they thought for some reason that we would think it was her son calling his own house, like you know, early on she start she yeah. she thinks oh the son might have arrived, and that's another cheat. I mean, you don't need the son, as you said, you know, previously when we discussed it, the guest house, the son, and the Rosa. You roll that into one. Maybe Rosa lives in the guest house or something. Yeah, I mean, you had to have a kill. Like actually, no, you didn't. He actually didn't. Didn't need to have a kill. Well, we had that at early. All. So you, ha- you can have but that you before you get to the house. At all. To me, this is a, not a suspense thriller. It's not a, it doesn't require death. No, but you already had it this at the is start a anyway. It's type of film. You saw his MO in the scene at the start. Yes. But in classic style, it's a, it's a 90, uh, 2000s remake of a horror film, they feel of, of what's kind of meant to be a slasher, then, you know, the original's not a slasher. 
it's got some slasher overtones, but it's not a slasher film. Mm. But they try and sort of shoehorn the slasher element by having Katie Cassidy killed and then having Rosa killed. Yeah. But you didn't need them. This is about building tension and suspense and putting this young girl in charge of two kids to basically step up and be a protector from somebody who's stalking them. Mm. You don't need any murder. No, I agree. Uh, Was it just me, but... um and this is kind of retro. This is a, a thing looking looking back on it now, but I can't hear the name Rosa without thinking of Doug Judy. Rosa. Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I heard him say Rosa, I was giggling. <laughs> Rosa, Rosa, Rosa. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, agree. Get rid of the sun and have Rosa living in the guest house. Because I believe she looks across at the guest house and does she not see a shadow of someone moving in the house? Yeah, something like that. And so she assumes it's the, the son? Yeah. And I mean, is it, shit, Rosa is was it five foot one. Is it fucking Lance Henriksen? Well, we knew it wasn't Rosa because Rosa was like five foot one. She wasn't a hulking sort of. She wasn't. She wasn't making a shadow like that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just... I feel like the whole sun and the rosa, it was just another angle that was sort of fluffed. Yeah, I would agree. All right, my last dislike is we've traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. It's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to hit hard, Mm. but it kind of limply just falls out. Yeah, doesn't. It doesn't come home hard. Because I think partially the problem with all that is, A, we've seen it done in other films since, and if you yep. know this original, you know the, the outcome. Yeah, and but, possibly, as we said, we thought it might have been dropped in the trailer, so. Yeah. So there you go, you've already thrown it away. But secondly, you don't have this character as somebody that you're rooting for. Because you didn't bother to spend any time showing this girl interacting with the children and building a relationship with the children to give her, I have to fucking, I have to get these kids out. I have to protect them. And once you hear that, that thing of the call is coming from inside the house, it's on, you know. She now has to step up. But you couldn't give it a shit. And then again, she kind of gets this look on her face like, oh, shit. <laughs> Was that you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, whereas I'm going, oh, shit. <laughs> let's get out of here. Yeah, it was. Uh, get yeah, up, kids, a, we're leaving. <laughs> it lacked any punch whatsoever. Like there was just, and as you said, when you know it, it's going to be hard to get that sort of that punch anyway. But it was just there was there was no sort of dramatic quality about it. There was yeah, it was very, very underplayed. Yeah, look. Just to quickly backtrack, because I've just my mind has been percolating while we've been talking here. When I said before that you didn't need murder, the mm. other way to spread this out was because it turned out he was a serial killer. Yeah, right. The end of it sort of indicated he had killed twelve people. Yep. Right. So throughout the film, drip feed that to us a news report outlining. You know, this this latest case is linked to six or seven others. Yeah, across the country, just drip feed that shit. 
Right, so once again, you know there's murder and, and, and this guy is a bad guy. And it could even come from him. Like, it could even come from something that he says that she then links to something she's watching on the TV or something like that. Like, um, yeah, I, I think that's the way to the ramp it up. I, I even feel like perhaps early on, um, and I'm, I'm not uh, – this is going to tie into my, my sort of next dislike too, but I feel like watching it this time, and I'd never picked up on this the first time, but the, the phone calls and the killer are such a pale imitation of Ghostface. Um, in in Scream, especially that first 10 minutes. But I feel like if you're going to do that, lean into it and spend more time on the phone with him and you follow that template. Like early on, she's not phased. She thinks it's a prank call and she's getting those silly prank calls from her buddies who aren't asking for a Mr. Huge ass but should be. Um, (laughs) And you tie that in with him and she thinks... She thinks it's a gag, like like Drew Barrymore did. I feel like you could you could have yeah. stretched that out a bit. It, it probably again with the people involved, it wouldn't have been as successful as Scream was. But if you're going for the imitation, then lean into it. Don't just half-ass it and give us um, lines that don't stack up. But then don't spend the time on the phone with him either. Yeah, it just doesn't. Um, it just doesn't stack up for me. No, it doesn't stack up because, and maybe they felt um, we'd be too close to scream. We'd be going to, you know, we'd be we'd be easily compared to how scream did it, and it wouldn't be as good. But my thing is, you had reason for him to be on the phone with her. You're trying yeah. to trace the call. Once and she realises it's it's more than just a prank, the next thing is she's saying, "Well, she's talking to the police, and they're saying we need you to trace the call." Yeah. Right. So she has a legitimate reason to be at least on the phone with him for short one-minute blocks. Yeah. And that's where he can talk to her and tell her what he's been doing. Mm, I think so. I think it's just That's another way to have sold the ending too, Jared. You could have changed the ending. Instead of the cop bringing up and saying it's Trace the Call is coming from inside the house, she gets on the phone, he goes silent, and suddenly he fucking appears behind her. Yeah, or something like that. I mean, isn't that another way to take it? Well, there's, there's just – I feel like there was a number of different possibilities that would have worked better than what they did. And like you said, I can understand them not wanting to copy Scream, um, not to take huge, huge chunks of what Scream did. But number one, you're remaking 20 minutes of another film. You may as, and you've taken parts of Scream anyway with the way the guy talks on the phone. Why not just take the rest of it and, and lean into it and go for – you know, we like that, so we're just going to rip it off because that's kind of what you were doing anyway. And even the whole, the, the sort of the, the, I guess the big line, the, the main line when he calls up is, have you checked the children? Right? Yeah, yeah. Even that, the first couple of times he asked, it could have been more sort of relaxed, you know, because he's talking with her. She thinks it's a prank call. Mm. And then when it starts to ramp up, his his demeanour changes, and he starts asking in a way that's not, you know, that's not jovial anymore. It's have you checked the children? Yeah, basically. So he's indicating something's wrong. E.g., I know about it. I've done it. Yeah, I feel like there. Yeah, I feel like there could have been. Uh, 
it could have been a lot you could go for there instead of wasting time on on the high school friends angle. Like that was that, that should all of that should have just been gone. Yeah, and again, it's it, it, it all it's all easy to sort of look at in hindsight because we've seen this abomination get put down. Right? <laughs> but yeah. looking back on it, you're able to see where where maybe we could have put in a little bit more work there. And again, yeah, I don't know right. whether there were changes to the script initially. It is easy to talk about it in this fashion now, as you said, when we've seen the end result and you look at it and think, oh, well, shit, that wasn't quite what we wanted. Um, yeah. And I'm sure some of the people involved knew this too. Like, of course, they they would have seen this and thought, no, nah, this isn't up to par, but I've got bills to pay. So, yeah. you know. And it made money. Like Correct. It's in a spot. So I can see why, but um, there were a lot of better ways to go in my book. Yeah, look, quick little side note. Now, you mentioned this uh, to me earlier. We haven't spoken about it now. We haven't spoken about it on here yet, but you did mention to me that um, you feel like if you were in the situation at the end there where she's managed to get the fire poker through the hand and got him sort of pinned down for a second, that you're continuing on and you're finishing the job? Like, I, I feel like I just want to know what sort of approach you're taking because I reckon the cops would have walked in and possibly found me with the, you know, locked into a Boston crab or something like that. You know, got him <laughs> on the leg saying, tap out, tap out, or something stupid <laughs> like that. So. Yeah, I would have figure four leg locked that bloke <laughs> after, after towing him up the date. <laughs> <laughs> For about five minutes just for some laughs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you, you, got, you really got, it. You his, got the advantage his, there. Honestly, his ball bag would be full of sand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give him a right kicking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, it would have been, yeah, would have been just... quite swollen by the time you'd been through with it. <laughs> And, look, I didn't necessarily have a problem with the way the finale sort of played out at the end. I kind of found that okay. I thought the film actually found a little bit of – threw a couple of interesting things in at the end with that, but it was too little too late. No, yeah. I, like, I, that was that was one of the things that I actually felt worked all right too. I just um, – uh, for some reason it popped into my head again. I just had the image of you going to town on him. <laughs> you had him sort of – you had him locked up so there. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, just thought, I, was the, I was just wondering what your go-to was. Maybe maybe oh, cl- climb up onto the couch and come down with a Randy Savage style elbow or something like that. Well, we used to do a little bit of stacks on back in the day, and I was a, a huge exponent of the flying knees. He's <laughs> 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 probably getting that off the top rope. Yeah, yeah. just to kick things off. <laughs> yeah, maybe to yeah, the cons by um, the sound of it. Oh look, yeah. If he happens to roll over, well, yeah, you know, there you go. <laughs> Doesn't matter where it lands. Yeah. Yep. Watch the plums. That's yep. Um, <laughs> get, getting slightly back on track. I uh, so my last couple of dislikes had to do with number one the the running line at the start. The second the coach mentions, just focus on something in the distance and, and run for it like like nothing else exists. You knew that was coming back somehow. But it just yeah. it, it only seems to come back where she sprints to the guest house. And it's like Yeah. Okay, so again, we wasted a bit of time with the high school stuff to set up a lot like we, we made the we made the effort to really kind of focus in on this little line 
that she she mentions. Um, but then it doesn't really come back. And I mean, she's just talking about 24 seconds. You can get to 24 seconds too. It took her about five to get to the guest house, I reckon. Well, like, the guest house was about 20 metres or something, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, okay, you need to come out with this down low, short steps. <laughs> Explosive. <laughs> get into full stride, but you'd barely get this full stride. Yeah, yeah. For, I mean, for someone who's knocking up the, the 200 in the times that she's doing, I, I think it would have been, you know, um, I think it would have been pretty comfortable. She wouldn't have broken out of a trot. Uh I wonder if that's the sort of advice like a Usain Bolt gets too, like the coaching. <laughs> it sounds to me like classic uh, classic high school coach. Look, I know what I'm talking about because I've coached plenty of high school basketball and just spouted some bullshit when I didn't know what was going on. So, so do you think that Usain Bolt's coach is that on him? Yeah, yeah. Well, I get I mean, the feeling he gets, a, he gets a quizzical look of what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, but Usain Bolt's coach at this point, he could say anything. So I reckon that's probably what he's getting now. Just you know, just just look at the line and focus. Yeah, just, focus on that. Just um, just run down there, mate. <laughs> I think that's what he tells you these days. Yeah, yeah, you're just right. You know what to end. do. <laughs> um, the problem with that too, now that you, you you bring it up and point it out, is it doesn't even exist as a character piece, like I'm not really sure what it was for because they don't really use it except for when she runs to the guest, to and from the guest house, okay? We mm. know she's got some pace, like yeah. she can run. Great. But nothing happens. Like no one comes out of the bushes at her or anything. No one's on her tail, so it doesn't play into that, right? Whereas yeah. if you wanted to use that, that would have been the better point. The killer appears on the track. And takes off after her. Yeah, or something and like she has that. To outrun him. I don't know. I right. mean, as you said, you know, with with a running background, I'm doing the same as you. I'm I'm quickly closing the door and saying good night, kids, and then I'm out onto the driveway <laughs> saying, "Have you got a 24 second 200 in your fucker? Come and catch me. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off." <laughs> that would have worked had they have put him on the trail. And you know what? I think that would have been quite effective and creepy scene. Yeah, it would, it would have had to be. If he appeared on the trail in the darkness in just, just a shadowy figure and taken off at a run at her. Yeah. That would have obvious. been cool because it would have once again showcased he's actually not in the house. So yeah, she but, thinks she's safe. But then we would have found out it's just Rosa. It's just Rosa, you know, <laughs> walking down the trail. Where are you for running some from? <laughs> <laughs> I was just coming from the guest house. <laughs> That was but just stupid. The better thing to do, Jared, would have been to cut that entirely because ultimately what this is to me, and again, again, a hindsight wonderful thing, you're putting a young girl who's a normal, everyday young woman in a situation that she has no background in and no skills in. And you're putting it, you're pitting her against a murderer. Yeah. And you don't need a running background. <laughs> we don't need any of that shit. Especially she when is. there's especially when there's nowhere to run. Shout out exactly. to JCVD. He knows what we're talking about. I mean, unless she's gonna do <laughs> Shout out to JCVD. Um unless she's gonna run laps of the bloody gargantuan living room. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't know. I thought at one point I thought but, she was going to crack crack out a couple of laps around the lake and see, see, 
Yeah. So if you can catch me there, I'm, 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 out, I'm out on the pond and I'm running running two to 400 yeah. around it. Yeah, I'm doing wind sprints because the wind's out. <laughs> I'm calling my coach and saying, look, I'm just doing a little bit extra track work. Yeah. But the, to me, she is the every, every person hero. Hmm. She's a babysitter. She doesn't have, she's not buddy, you know, who, Navy SEAL trained or anything like that. So what she is is she's pitted against somebody who has been doing this for months, years, whatever, and suddenly she's put in a situation where she has to fight for her life and the life of two children. That is never come. That does not come across in any of this. No, it never feels like it. Yeah, never film goes wrong. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Um. My, the the last getting down to to the end of my list here, the, the kicker at the end, it's so ridiculous. I mean, it just found a way to ram another tired horror cliche at the end that you just did not need whatsoever. Yeah, it just didn't need to. It should be have just ended on his face. Yeah, I felt like him him driving out and her seeing his face for the first time was the far better way to end it. And and just that little thing over the top saying he was a serial killer, he had killed 12 victims. So you then tie back to the, the story she saw or the newspaper clippings or whatever she, she saw during the, the film. <clears throat> they weren't in the film, but if that's how you wanted to tie back, yeah. if, you, if you'd have gone with that more kind of drip-feeding the serial killer element out. Yeah, the, the, the way that it ended, you know, it was just another cheap, another, another cheap sort of trick at the end. Um, but the... The way that it ended with her mentioning, you know, it's not enough when they talk about how many how many people are going to be there locking him up. You see his face, you know she's still alive, you know he's still alive. So if you wanted a sequel, it's still there, you know. The, yeah. the way that they finished it up, it. yeah, the way that they you finished know. it up, it just, it just, I don't know, it, it just wasn't needed. Oh, I think she should have, as, as he drove past in slow mo, she just gives him the bird. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Get like that it. in there. Yep. That's, that's, that's a far better end. And, uh, you know, there's the sequel. He comes yeah. back and he says, look, I'm still upset that you gave me the bird on the way out. <laughs> yeah. I've got, got a bone to pick about that. Um, and my last one was, exactly. again, one of my little sort of trivial things that makes no no difference to the movie, but just something that I would, I would like to bring up is that um, if that carnival was that close to my fucking back, back fence, I would be ringing police, council, everyone <laughs> is getting a spray down the phone. Look, I can't fucking get any peace and quiet. My whole fucking house smells like corn dogs and there's, there's strange people walking around. <laughs> It's too close. <laughs> yeah, everyone's getting a spray. You're putting placards up. <laughs> it feels like it was like in a vacant, a vacant plot for a house. Like, no, no carnival in yeah. town is going to be set up that close to the houses. Come on, shit. Well, yeah, I mean, the Canberra show's done out in the field somewhere. <laughs> it's miles away. It's nowhere near proper um, home. So, yeah, I totally agree, mate. I'd yeah. be livid. Oh, you'd be fuming, mate. You need your peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing things, abusing people. 
<laughs> Alright, uh, that everything from you, mate? Yeah, that was it from me. Alright. That is When a Stranger Calls, the 2006, I believe, remake. You can find us on Podomatic, iTunes and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at ionet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes or Podomatic just so we can keep getting the word out. Keep an eye on Facebook, our Facebook page, to see what our next episode is. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.